Hello and thank you for listening to episode 412 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one I chat with Kissing Dynamite guitarist Jim Muller ahead of the release of the band's seventh album, Not the End of the Road, which is coming out on January the 21st by Napalm Records. If, like me, you're fairly new to the band, and I mentioned this to Jim, I didn't get into them much to my shame until 2018. Not only can you pre-order this album, and I've listened to it, and trust me, it is well worth pre-ordering. You've also got six awesome albums that you can buy right now. So again, as I always say in these shows, support the bands, buy the music, go out and see them when they're on tour, buy the merch, tell your friends about them too. And so... You're not here to listen to me. Let's get on with the show and you can hear Jim chatting all about the band and the upcoming album. First of all, Jim, uh, as I always say to the guests on these shows, thank you for spending some time with me. It's uh, it's going to be really good to have a chat. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks a lot. And as you said before, before you were recording that you only invite people that uh, stuff you like, it's an honor. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, well, <laughs> I only got into, to my shame... I only got into Kissing Dynamite in 2018. It was uh, okay. It was a month before the release of Ecstasy. I put a news item on our website that it was going to be released, uh, and then that from then on, obviously, I went. I bought because I'm a big supporter of buying the band's music, especially in this day and age. Buying the music, buying the merch, support them in bands in every way that you can. I went through your back catalogue, bought all the albums up to, and then from Ecstasy onwards. Oh my. God, you guys are my kind of music. You really are. So I was very pleased to. Uh, I may have been late to the party with you, but I finally discovered you. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Well, yeah, talking about that, it's like, you know, we're also late for the party with our 80s tunes uh, <laughs> now in 2021. But, well, <laughs> well this is I wasn't even born uh, in, in, in the 80s. So. Well, I I was I was born well before the eighties. The, the thing this is what I this is great you see because I and I've said this on a couple of previous shows. I was um, well I was fourteen in nineteen seventy nine. That's when I got into rock music and I discovered bands. There was Kiss and Judas Priest, Scorpions, and then of course all through the eighties I was just devouring rock music and I I completely dropped out of music when grunge appeared in the early nineties. I dropped out for about 20 years and wow. yeah. And I thought there's no more rock music that I like. And then I discovered there's a lot of rock music that I like, like kissing, like kissing dynamite. <laughs> so what are your musical inf influences? Of course, we're going, you know, you've talked about the eighties. I grew up. So that music was coming at me new. How did you get into yeah. say music from the eighties to begin with? It, it was like back in 2001, I think. Uh, I was 10 years old and we're at the schoolyard and our former drummer came to me and asked me if I know ACDC. And I'm like, eh, what the fuck? What is ACDC? And I <laughs> said, it's a rock group. And I was like, oh, I don't listen to rock. I only listen to German Schlager. <laughs> I was a big Schlager fan <laughs> back, uh, back in my youth uh, yeah. with my grandma. Uh, always looking at uh, old people making folk music and stuff, and uh, also playing accordion. Oh right, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then Andy showed me ACDC on a, a video tape, mm -hmm. 
uh, and I was so flashed and it, it was like the moment like, oh, I want to do this as well. And so I went to my parents and actually got a guitar for Christmas <laughs> and uh, also the record player of my dad and all his old records and stuff. And it was a big supporter then probably because uh, he was really happy that I don't listen to Schlager anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and um, th then it all, it was like two or three years where I only listened to ACDC. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I discovered Iron Maiden. I was like, ah, oh, there are also other bands doing this rock music thing. <laughs> uh, well, like it was totally clear to me that there's only ACDC doing that kind of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I went through all the Iron Maiden songs and then for sure like Metallica and, and bands like that. But it took me a while to discover my real I don't, I don't know how to say, but like my real passion, mm -hmm. and that was definitely Motley Crue. Like oh. as I listened the first time to Motley Crue, it was like the sound I've ever wanted to to to, to hear. You know, like that was the thing I was searching for all the time, and I don't know why. And that made a really big impact on me. And then for sure, I went through all the eighty stuff, like Skid Row, yeah, and and all that kind of glammy hair bands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the, like the, the the movie Rockstar influenced yeah. me in yeah. kind of way, like really much. Because Kissing um, Dynamite, am I right in saying you guys got the name of the band through an ACDC song? Absolutely. Would you like to and tell the listeners how the, that how that uh, happened? Oh, wow, it's just your tattoo, yeah? Yeah, it's it's the uh, Angus Young uh, fretboard actually coming out of my skin here. Nice, nice. <laughs> it's, it's like to to honor the to honor the God Himself, Angus Young. <laughs> and yeah, for sure, you know, I mean, there are so many bands out there that I can't really say that I'm influenced by this and this band, but that this were, those were just the, the key opener. Yeah, like they brought me into this whole world of rock music. Um, and still honoring i know as like i said as i was growing up and through the 80s and buying music bands that i'd go and see live and buy the albums from there was a lot of german bands also like i said of scorpions of course i've seen them so many times bonfire i love bonfire uh doro and warlock uh udo yeah. and accept and in fact udo udo well i saw the last time not the last time i saw him, the first time i saw udo was also the first time i saw scorpions and it was back in it was back in eighty two on the Scorpions Blackout oh. tour. So it's Scorpions and and Udo and Accept were supporting them. That was an awesome gig too. But you had Udo uh, on your it was your second album, wasn't it? He did some some vocals on it. Yeah, absolutely. For Addicted to Metal, we did a featuring with him as we were also touring actually um, for a couple of shows with UDO. Uh, back in the days and yeah it was great friendship as always and it's always nice to see him it's been a while now for sure as well no no chance to to meeting and, and mm -hmm. get yeah. to know each other at the fest festival back then but it's always great and really looking forward to see these guys again oh also yes. now my friend d dammers uh, is guitarist of him the new one it's a good friend of mine so yeah it's always always nice meeting these people and yeah it's, it's so crazy that um you know, when I discovered these bands, they were all fucking old already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like most of them don't even exist anymore. Mm. Like that was really crazy. And also on on uh, with with my friends in school, they were like 
had no idea what what's going on or what you know because they were all listening just to chart things yeah but i mean chart kind of sucks yeah you did it Still the right do. way you Still definitely <laughs> but <laughs> but with what do you think it is with with german bands like i said those are just a small example with awesome german rock bands and and germany's love of rock music because you've got some great rock festivals over there as well mm -hmm. what is it about germany and rock music that's just they go together so well absolutely it's good it's a really good question i think it's like the teutonic thing mm. is kind of a german tradition i think so like the um, industrial kind of riffing stuff i think it all sounds really like the the, the um End example would be for sure Rammstein mm -hmm. yeah. uh, doing the most uh, Teutonic metal, yeah. industrial kind of thing. But I, actually, I got no idea why it is like that. I mean, we got some really good programs actually uh, to support bands, like not that crazy, like in Sweden, as they get uh, rehearsal rooms and studio time oh, for wow. free. But um, we got a lot of good. Uh, networks i think going on where bands can just like exist at all mm -hmm. like uh having a lot of rehearsal rooms and houses where bands share like 10 bands share a whole house and stuff like that yeah and also a really young scene uh like uh, every youth club kind of had like back in my days when i w was still young <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um every village and every youth club had their own bands like if they do cover or not that doesn't matter but they make music and that's where it all started and that's where uh, a scene can actually grow so i think the this the german is uh, germans have a real good rock and metal scene kind of oh definitely and i hope it continues for a long long time yeah. to come yeah i do keep giving me that rock music from germany just keep it coming yeah. <laughs> uh, well, obviously we're talking rock music kissing dynamite seventh album i've listened to it a good few times now very loud of course the only way to listen to it and i i love it again it is it's, it gives me everything that I want about music. And again, regular listeners know I love, I like melody. I love a great guitar sound. I love awesome vocals. I love the pounding drums, really good production. This ties in everything, uh, you know, and every, every song is just like, yes, yes, is another one. Uh, what was it like recording this? Of course, it's been a difficult time for everybody uh, over the last couple of years. Bands like yourself stopping you going out and playing live gigs and all of this. It must have been a, a completely weird couple of years for you since the last album came out. Absolutely, absolutely. We were touring a lot after Ecstasy. Like we did four European tour, two with Power Wolf and two own headliner tours. So we had like more than 100 shows in a year. Oh. And it just felt like, ah, oh, this is my life. I'm all good. And then, you know, the, the bad sea came and um everything stopped and i i knew it's gonna be tough because um when you don't do this anymore what you love mm -hmm. um your um how to say your ego is getting smaller and your <laughs> self-confidence and everything because yeah. you know you just you're not yourself anymore kind of and you can tell your brain a thousand times that it's just like right now but 
if you don't get the hormones and the, the feelings and the action through your vein, you can you can't uh, do this on an unnatural way. Yeah. So um, it was really um, psychological complicated. Yeah. Let me put it like this. Yeah. Uh, and at the beginning, recording this album, it totally felt so strange and so um, how to say. I, I just didn't feel it. Mm. And um, then we started to have some shows this summer, like real shows in front of audience. And then the whole feeling came back. Oh, and right. I went back to the studio and like, ah, oh, now I feel like <laughs> myself anymore. And that's where I really digged into the album. Like I was recording the whole guitars and also the bass. Um, I think in August, like in four weeks, just like wow. after or in between festival seasons, I uh, closed, shut down myself uh, in studio where I was working back then. Yeah. Uh, so I had four weeks off and was still at work kind of mm -hmm. in the studio. Uh, and that was real fun. That was real cool. Um, just, you know, the last time I also recorded myself alone. So that was actually uh, nothing special. Yeah. So that was kind of normal. But uh, yeah, it was just hard to get the feelings in. But what what uh, uh, goes on your nerves the most when when it comes to Kiss and Dynamite songs is is that they're so stuck in your head every night <laughs> yeah. when you record it the whole day. That's what I hate about that one. <laughs> so uh, props go out to Hannes, who writes all the songs. He's just like awesome songwriter. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love him for that. And then he also got that voice so i'm kind of jealous on that <laughs> <laughs> so but i'm also really thankful that yeah. we have that oh, we have great. him yeah he, he yeah. is really yeah. good he he's, produces as well doesn't he? he produces the albums also yeah so he's like yeah he's like uh, a win in a lottery kind of <laughs> for us and he's also a super nice guy and you know we're all friends since the beginning like yeah. we met each other when we were 13 i think yeah, because 13, 14 years old. didn't the band so, start out, you were still at school when the band started, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when the first album dropped, I was 16. Wow. And I was, I, I felt like the god on the schoolyard, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Having a record deal with 16 was really, was really cool. Um, but still we were, uh, how to say, on, uh, we stayed on the ground, how to say. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but it was tough for sure because there were always ups and downs. And at yeah. the beginning, it was really um, like the still the golden times of music making uh, before the album dropped. Like yeah. uh, from our label, we got sent all over Germany to this festival and there and always sleep in nice hotel uh, upper uh, floors and everything. And just like one month before the album should came out, Amy, EMI Virgin, was it, I think, went bankrupt mm -hmm. and everything dropped and there was no uh, video and st everything went down just like at the beginning of our career, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think it was real healthy. So we had time to grow. Uh, and I mean, we were 16, we had like no idea what we were doing. Yeah. And you can still hear that, like on Steel of Swabia, it's a mixture between ACDC, 
Iron Maiden and Ed Guy, like <laughs> Steel Swaber, totally power metal stuff. And I ate hip hop, a classic ACDC riffing stuff. <laughs> we were just like doing what we, th- what came to our mind, yeah, yeah. like no plan. And that's what I think is really special about us that you can uh, so see how we were growing up mm-hmm. in our music, in the videos and everything. Um, like you not know, having a debut album and everything is there. Yeah. You know, it's just like you see the whole path where where we started and how it's still going. So that's really cool. And now as Hannes, as a producer, mm-hmm. um, we can really dig so deep into how we want to sound. Yeah. That, that I think is really uh, a really cool thing. Like you don't have to explain to another what's in your head. You yeah. just can bring it to the bar right right here. So that's Yeah. And it def- it definitely works. Like I said with this you know, this the the upcoming album as we talk, it, the sound of it is just is just brilliant. And you mentioned you mentioned music videos there. The last couple of music videos that you've had out. So there's not the end of the world. Uh which is on like, it looks like it's an abandoned airfield. It looks like with Hannah's yeah. going crazy in a car driving. <laughs> that looked fun. That looked a lot of fun. Did you all get to go in the car? That's what I want to know. Uh, actually not. It was oh. only Hannah's. It's only a leech singer thing, you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I was actually not thinking about the car that much because of the plane mm-hmm. who starts right behind us. Right. Yeah. And that was really fun because the drifter was kind of the star at the beginning. And uh, then nobody cared for the car anymore as the plane was starting. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, wow, that's one even more. But it, it was actually not a, an abandoned airfield. It was a really normal one. We had ah, to, okay. um, like, uh, had it for, like, five hours in yeah. total to shoot that video. And I was also flying my FPV drone there, so the, oh. the shots from the car and everything I did myself yeah, uh, with my own built uh, drone. Excellent. And the funny thing was they thought we were already finished and uh, started uh, to, to uh, say to the pilots, yeah, you can fly, you can start all good. And I was just coming uh, after the race car on the, on the, um, how to say? On the airstrip. Yeah. On the runway. And, they always like runway. And, uh, and a plane, a plane was started. Like I was just coming with the drone. and was like, "Wow, fuck!" And had to break and get out of the way of that airplane. It was like the shock of my life. Like, wow, okay. Yeah. And then the tower, tower was calling us and said, "Oh, you're not finished." No, we're not. Like, wow. Keep the so plane. Almost, almost crashed, crashed the plane in the oh, video. No. Yeah. That, that would have made yeah, it. But, a big end. Videos the video. were, were uh, really fun this time. Yeah, your latest one coming home, uh, your latest single and video has got you on, you know, on a tour bus, which got me thinking. I mean, you must have obviously, you know, you you guys have, have toured a lot. You must have some great road stories, things that happen on the road. I mean, when you look back at your, you know, your career just so far, what what sort of road stories pop to mind immediately that you think, oh yeah, that that was good, <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah, it's almost my entire life, kind of. Yeah, because yeah. we were th- that was like it's we we're touring. I'm touring more than half of my life already. Whoa. Like now I'm 31, and we started with gigs 
when we were 11, 12. Wow. And it all really started when we were like 15, I think, yeah. with lots of gigs, like 100 shows a year or stuff. So it's kind of like, it's all, it was all, always there. Like, this is really such a big part of my life. Not just like, okay, this one thing, but this actually the main part. Because when, when I'm not on tour, I'm uh, chilling and calm down from all yeah, the touring. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the most fun tour was definitely with Dragon Force, or like yeah. the most crazy one. Yeah. Uh, like there's plenty of stories as we were a, a little, little bit more younger than now <laughs> and a little bit more crazy. Now we're getting older and like been there done that we're still having a good time but we don't go totally insane every night anymore yeah so you, you can't do this anymore but back in the days like it was 2012 i think it was just hilarious and the bus was totally fucked up but <laughs> no one cared you know like really rock and roll and uh, oh, so many so many things come to my mind mostly i can't i can't tell because they're too extreme like <laughs> well if, if you can't do those things in your early 20s in a rock band when can you do them you know you have to do them then don't you you have to absolutely absolutely it was like just like straight with your head through the wall doesn't matter no thinking just doing <laughs> <laughs> so with with everything i mean everything within the world is still not as it used to be but what are the plans so far for kissing dynamite because i know for the album you were going to do some live shows weren't you to, for for release shows for the album but you've had to change it to to a streaming show now absolutely yeah we actually wanted to do three release shows in in, in two weeks i think it would be it would have been started but uh, now we're doing a streaming show, um, which is actually even better for everybody else uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. So everybody can come in. And um, if you see the stage in Coming Home in the video, this is actually our new stage production. So this wasn't rented or anything. Uh, our crew really built uh, the whole stage uh, in uh, last year, kind of in their garage and stuff. Yeah. So we uh, put all the money we had together just to get the big production in. And uh, yeah, so we doing that live stream uh, with new songs for sure. And uh, like the new stage setup and everything, which is really going to be exciting as fuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just had band rehearsal yesterday and I'm still um, totally flashed. And, you know, it really felt good to do something really uh, with sense Good. again, with with Good. heart and and feelings and everything, that's really cool. But um, then you know, live shows won't be possible until May, I think June probably. But then for sure there will be lots of summer festivals going yeah. on. I hope Wacken uh, will yeah. uh, take place as we're going to play there, uh, and yeah, I, I hope we will go on tour then. Yeah. I hope everything will be gone until autumn or something so we can plan a tour there. Uh, that'll be really nice. Oh, me too. Really I mean, obviously, all over Europe, probably. yeah, I hope you get across to the UK and I really hope yeah. that you can get to North yeah, Wales, absolutely. up here in North Wales, play a gig around here. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'd love to see you guys. I really would. Yeah, that would be really great. 
I, I, I don't remember where we were with Power Wolf, but I think the closest one was probably Liverpool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about or about an hour, hour's drive maybe. from where I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you, if you get anywhere near here. I will be there definitely. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking. I'm looking at the time, and I know you've got like interviews going on everywhere, and I don't want you to be late, and and you've got a lot to do. But please, again, thank you for the album. Thank you for the albums that went before it. Long may the band continue doing what you're doing. I think you're great. Everybody that's listening to this, if you haven't heard Kissing Dynamite by now. Now's the perfect opportunity. There's a new album coming out. Go out and buy it. Then you've got the whole back catalogue to go through as well. You can buy those as well. And again, fingers crossed that you guys can get out live this year and do what you do really well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Jim. It's been great chatting with you. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. And hopefully by now, even before the interview finished, you'd pressed buy on the pre-order for Not the End of the Road album. Trust me, it is well worth buying. And again, support these bands, buy the music, go and see them on tour, buy the merch, tell your friends about them, tell your friends about these shows. There's lots of uh, soundcheck interview shows, soundcheck them out shows, which will tell you all about great rock music, uh, bands that are out there, bands that you can support. It's all about supporting these people and getting them back on their feet again after what has been, I'm sure you'll agree, a very difficult time for everybody over the last couple of years. The way that you can support us, it's very easy. Just go to 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. Everything we do is on there from all of the podcasts, the news, the reviews, the ways that you can leave us uh, a review for us. You can join in with our world tour. And if that intrigues you, visit the website. It's very easy to do. I'm sending out some cards uh, this weekend as I record. So if you would like one too, just go to the website and it's very easily done on there. And we are, of course, at 60MW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Finish off the show. Well, let's finish it off in style. So make sure you've got it turned up loud for Kissing Dynamite's latest single, from the upcoming album, and it's called Coming Home. And they will wonder why The man inside the man
the pain It's all for the loss, for the gain